0: Good evening, everybody. It's time to begin our service this evening. We will have one song, and then we'll have announcements. Two more songs, and then Rick will have our devotional this evening. Our first song is number 708, Walking in Sunlight. If you would let stand for this song, please. Walking in sunlight all of my journey.
1: Good evening. If you call the building now, you're going to hear a different voice. Uh, Peg has stepped away from the secretarial role here because of Roger's health. She's not able to, to do those kinds of things uh, right now. So Marvin McAllister has picked up the secretarial role, and he'll be filling in that position now. So uh, if you call the building, you're going to hear Marvin's lovely voice instead of Peg's lovely voice. So we're grateful for his uh, opportunity to be able to do that, fill that position for us. Uh, The middle school and high school devotional is this coming Sunday. It'll be at Dave and Mandy's house right after our evening services, uh, which are still at 6. 6 o'clock. The men's retreat is scheduled for this coming Friday. We'll meet at uh, Hal's Mill at 6 o'clock. We'll we'll, uh, start at 6 with uh, some food. We've got uh, 30-plus guys that are going, so that's going to be a great time. Uh, We'd love to... uh, to have you there. We're looking forward to that. We've got a deacons and elders meeting this coming Sunday uh, at 5 p.m. Um, uh, We've got a thank you card from Susie Evanson. This is uh, Larry Faulkner's niece. Uh, She says, Dear congregation, thank you for the beautiful arrangement sent to Larry Faulkner's service. It touched my heart and we have always been grateful uh, for your prayers and generosity. So that's posted on the board in the foyer. if you want to take a look at that. As far as our sick list goes, uh, J.D. Lawson, this is J.B. and Wanda's 14-year-old grandson. Uh, doctors have not removed his pacemaker, um, but they're conducting a series of tests in the hope of removing the pacemaker in a couple of months and re- as they reevaluate whether he needs it or not. So that sounds like good news. Uh, as we said earlier, Roger uh, Pryor is home. He's hopeful to start physical therapy soon. Uh, Yvonne Cornell entered uh, St. Mary's Hospital uh, this week. She's in room 5163. Uh, Jim Haney, as uh, mentioned in Bible class, that he's having some uh, some troubles and had some tests run and things like that. It looks like it's just some side effects from his medication, so that's good news um, from him. Mikey Blake has had uh, another seizure. I think it's been about a year since the last one he had, um, but uh, I guess he's had another one of those. So keep him in, in your prayers. Uh, remember Pam as she continues to heal. It's good to see her back with us. Uh, David is going to have his surgery on March 31st. Uh, they had to cancel his last surgery because uh, of his current illness, so that's scheduled again for March 31st. Just continue to remember uh, Sean Maynard. This is Gail's son, as well as Judy Gerald. Uh, both those uh, folks are going through some some tests and need, uh, need our prayers. Uh, also, of course, Jennifer Baker. She undergoes uh, treatment uh, for her breast cancer. I think she had a setback this week. and uh, So just continue to remember her and pray for her, as well as Kristen, James, and their family uh, as you pray uh, this week. we got several more listed on our sick list and several more activities that you need to be made aware of. Those are in the bulletin. We'd love for you to pick one up and join us at those activities and join us in prayer for, for the ones who are hurting. Um, anything else? Did I miss anything? Let's pray, and then we'll enter back into our worship. Father, you are good to us. You are enthroned in majesty, Father. We honor you in every way that we know how. We're grateful for your son and for the hope and the redemption that we find inside of him, Father. We pray that we can be more like him every day, Father, that you'll transform our hearts uh, more and more into his, Father, uh, hearts of generosity and peace and love, compassion, all the things that... um, he had has, Father. We pray that those things will grow inside of us, that we can uh, be a light to our community, Father. We pray that you'll bless us with opportunities to teach the gospel, help us to do what's right, help us to look for people who need your truth and to to share that with them, Father, without fear of reprisal. We pray that you'll just uh, work through us and in us to be who you would have us to be, Father. Bless our ones that we mentioned tonight who are sick. Bless our worship tonight as we Approach your throne, Father. We pray that all the things that we do and say will be in accordance with your will and that they'll be pleasing to you, Father. Father, we just uh, ask that you continue to watch over us. Uh, help us to, to be a light to those who don't know you. Thank you for Jesus and what he means to us. We ask all these things in his name. Amen.
0: Before we go to the next song, I forgot to say this and I got a reminder on my phone. Uh, if you can remember Joyce Harmon, I know she goes to Greasy Ridge. She is, I believe, still at the hospital on the ventilator. She's having a lot of issues, uh, breathing and some heart related issues. So if you can remember her, that would be, I'm sure that the family would appreciate it. Our next song is going to be number 883, Seek key First.
2: Thank you.
0: Next song is number 684. 684. After this, we'll have our lesson this evening. This world is not my home. Invitation be number two oh seven, two oh seven.
3: A few years ago, I had the opportunity as a faculty member at a university in Louisiana to leave that institution for a year and go work with the president of another institution. Marvelous, marvelous opportunity. Not only did you uh, have the opportunity to do that, there were 30 some odd of us doing that around the United States at the time. We also had three individual weeks, three week-long week week-long weeks, is that redundant? Three weeks, m- beginning, middle, and end of the year. Uh, where they would bring in all sorts of people to come and teach us all about higher ed leadership and administration and problems and issues and things like that. Uh, The program was called American Council on Education or ACE Fellows Programs. One of the things that they did um, at the end of that program was they interviewed each of us or brought in some consultants and interviewed each one of us and here are the questions they asked us. First, where do you want to be in five years? They let us talk about that. They said, "Where do you want to be in ten years?" They let us talk about that. All of us were uh, designated as leaders. This was the fast track to the presidency. I told him at the close of the program, I didn't want to pursue the presidency after what I'd seen, but but uh, this was this was a chance for us to learn more about leadership and to grow in in that in the time that we were there and they wanted us to target moving up in administration. They said if you never make presidency, that's fine. Just move up and, and improve leadership and higher, higher education. So this is one of the things they did. They said where do you want to be? What do you want to be doing? Five years? Ten years? And once we identified that, they asked what steps are you going to take to get there? If I had wanted to be president, I was at that time just a faculty member. A department head would have been the next logical administrative uh, step. Uh, an associate dean or a dean of a college would have been the next one. Maybe a provost, vice president of academic affairs. If you came up on the academic side, and then on to a presidency. And many of my friends and colleagues took that route, and several of them made the presidency. So what were After determining where I wanted to be and what I wanted to be doing in five years or ten years down the line, what steps do I need to take to get there? Now that's a little bit more difficult, but probably logical, and you you could plot that out. And then the third question was, when and how are you going to take that first one? Get started, in other words. Don't sit back. Don't wait for things to come to you. You take control of your future, was essentially what they were saying. Also, uh, when I first got here, I, oh, I got to stay here. I decided not to use the lapel mic. Um, I joined a barbershop uh, course in the uh, Huntington area and um, started a quartet. We had uh, four people in that group, and two of them uh, were two young men at the time, probably in their early 20s, 20, 21, 22. Um, one was in the process of transferring college from West Virginia uh, University uh, down to Marshall. Wasn't really decided how he was gonna make that happen. The other one didn't really have any plans and both of those guys were young and sharp and, and needed, needed to get going on something. And so regularly I would say, what's your plan? What are you doing? Where do you wanna be? Where do you wanna go? What's your first step? Get started on it, do something or else you're going to sit here and, and, and not be where you want to be or where you could be. And I have to say that both of those gentlemen, one is working at a, uh, at a place where that was not his goal. I know he was in music education. And the other one, still living at home. I'm also uh, part of a group called Leadership Facilitators in the Barbershop Harmony Society. Uh, at the national level and we have a, a total of like 26 leadership uh, topics sessions that we can deliver for local chapters to help them um, have better uh, directed and guided leadership in their chapters so that their chapters can grow and prosper and so forth and a good third of those 26 top six topics touch on goal setting so why am, why am I talking about this i'm just talking about the importance of setting goals and and from now on every time i say something you frame this in the the realm of my goals as a christian my goals as a child of god i could have gone to numerous websites some have six some have eight some have 10 some have 15 there are a lot of benefits to setting goals but here is one uh, set uh, goals and uh, I was pointed out by by one website. It gives you focus. It gives you something to target, to look at, to move toward and it will keep your efforts from being disjointed um, and and confusing as to actually what, where am I headed and where am I going? So it has that benefit. It helps you measure your progress. If you Talk about, or if you've decided to read the Bible within the next year, you start in January. At June, let's hope you're about half done. And that way you can say, look how far I've come. You know, that's, that's pretty impressive. I can measure my progress because I set a goal, set a target. I even maybe charted steps to get there. And maybe I've knocked off two or three or four of those steps somewhere along the way. Goals help you stay motivated. Success breeds success. It keeps you from being distracted and unfocused, so it'll it'll energize you on a regular basis because you have that target. You're seeing the progress, and it'll help your motivation. It'll help you beat procrastination. Procrastination is one of the worst uh, circumstances out there. I just real quickly pulled up three or four quotes. Ellen DeGeneres said, "Procrastinate now. Don't put it off." Uh, Judy Tenuta, who was a comedian back in the 80s and 90s, said, My mother always told me I wouldn't amount to anything because I procrastinate. And I said, You just wait. (laughs) Procrastination is my sin. It brings me naught but sorrow. I know that I should stop it. In fact, I will tomorrow. Procrastination is the art of keeping up with yesterday. That's an interesting way of phrasing it. And then this last one. Someday is not a day of the week. You achieve even more, your, your victories breed success. Once you accomplish the goal that you set for yourself, you can even set another goal higher, a different goal. It tells you that you can do this. And then lastly, didn't mean to hit two times there, goals help you determine what you want in life. You can take whatever that goal was and whatever realm it was and apply what you learned from achieving that goal to life as a whole. Sometimes we talk about vision. In fact, when I sat down to develop this this lesson, um, I, was, I was thinking about doing vi- a visionary leader. And I was going to focus in on Moses as a, as a person who had a vision, who, you know, who had a target for leading uh, the Israelites. And then I got off on this goal-setting thing. But visioning is part of setting a goal. You're looking into the future and targeting something. Visiting, visioning, is seeing a future. We usually talk about our mission, and we have one here for the church. That's our purpose, our reason for existing. Our vision is the picture of the future. When we get there, we will realize what we had intended to be or do. And so this this aspect of setting goals is part of looking at the future, seeing where I want to be in five years, ten years, or whatever, and then taking steps to get there, to realize that vision, to make that vision a reality. That future is the goal that you're pursuing. We can can employ uh, short-term goals, intermediate goals, because when we can tick off that, that series of steps, we can say, "All right, I've accomplished that one." Well, let's celebrate a little bit. I've accomplished that one. Let's find time for another celebration. And before you know it, you are going to be at the goal because you have divided that larger, maybe seemingly unattainable goal that you've set for yourself. You divided it up into chunks and, and made progress along the way. So why all of this talk about goals? As a Christian, what is your vision? What are your goals? Or what is your goal? And so I just went down the list, things that rolled off the top of my head, and obviously heaven. You wouldn't be much of a Christian if heaven were not a goal for you, part of the vision that you see for yourself at the end of this life. Influencing others to become Christians as well. Maybe helping the needy would be a goal of yours or to improve in that area. Exemplifying Christ in your life. And in doing so, sending less. And then maybe even learning more of the word. And there could be others. So as you think about tonight, as you think about what are my goals as a Christian... I'm sure some of these things are there. I'm hoping all of those are there because that's, that's the charge that we find in the word of God for us. We are to do these things and more. But these things won't happen without a plan. What is your first step for getting there? What are your series of steps for getting there? And you know, until you sit down and write them down... They just remain jumbled up here. When you write something down on paper, it it tends to come to life. It tends to have legs. It tends to motivate you in a way that just thinking about it might not. So try try that. So what about those ACE questions for Christians or for non-Christians if you're not a Christian tonight? Where do you want to be in five years? Ten years. Yeah. What steps are you going to take to get there? And when or how are you going to take the first one? Yeah. There are dangers in procrastination. One of the one of the saddest songs that we sing is that is almost persuaded. Isn't that a sad song? The very last line is almost, but lost horrible horrible feeling be proactive don't expect opportunities to come to you take them on your own and get going on it have a plan and start working on it and do that today there is a uh, a notion that uh, visioning is a bible concept and it is listen to this in proverbs uh, twenty nine nineteen. this is the new uh, new, uh New American Standard uh, version. Where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained. Where there is no focus. Where there is no organization. Where there is no law, because that says that in the next next part of this verse, the people are unrestrained. You are unrestrained. You are all over the place without a destination that you're striving for, that you're working toward, that you're planning for, and taking steps to be there. This is the King James Version, and I kind of like it a little bit better. It's a little bit more dramatic. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Strong statement, isn't it? Whether personal vision or a vision for a group, you got to know where you want to go and have a plan for getting there. And in fact... Without those two pieces, you're probably it's not going to happen. So if you're here tonight and you have not taken that first step to become a Christian, let's hope that it's a goal for you. Let's hope that you see some profit or benefit in it. And if not, we'd like to talk to you and show you uh, that there is. But if you have not taken that first step, tonight would be a really good night to do that we stand ready to help you in any way that we can and if you have taken that step but have just kind of languished you've just kind of procrastinated getting going on building yourself up as much as you can in the word of god tonight's a good night to do it decide right there at your seat i'm going to do it i'm going to go home i'm going to write down my plan i'm going to kick in the first first step right there God will appreciate it, Jesus will appreciate it, and you will appreciate it. If we can help you in any way, come as we stand and sing.
0: pray dear lord thank you for this day and for all that you have blessed us with and thank you for letting us come together and learn more about your word thank you for rick and his lesson and let us take it and apply it to our everyday lives lord thank you for the deacons and elders and the decisions that they make for this congregation and be with those who are traveling and sick and just watch over them lord and most importantly thank you for your son and his death on the cross to take away our sins Christ, i pray amen